The title of the Dharma talk today is Don't Adjust. Don't adjust. Don't adjust. Don't adjust. That being said, of course, I know you can't, I can't. None of us can help but adjust. You make adjustments for everything. So this happens, we adjust. This happens, we adjust. But, but with that teaching or with that, um, the you could say, invitation to take a look at that. Take a look at how we adjust. In other words, in order to actually understand what don't adjust means, you have to watch your constant repetitive adjusting for everything. This can happen in the mind stream. It can happen in the mind stream, and it can happen in the mind stream. Of course, you probably knew that. In all those other streams, it can happen there too. Quite often, the, the mind stream uh, fills in for other consciousnesses, and the, the mind actually thinks it sees <laughs> or, or uh, thinks it thinks. Not exactly. And what am I saying? I'm saying you need to find that out. You need to look at it yourself or not. We'll do something else. Make some popcorn. I mean, you can occupy yourself with all kinds of things as your life slowly goes back into the elements called impermanence. And the, the fruition of that is, of course, death. Not negative, just the truth. Not pessimistic, just, just true. So by saying don't adjust... Uh, what to, to simply put, if I were to put it in the situation of a, a sitting meditation, you sit down, you adjust, you hold still, hold your seat, sit in a symmetrical posture if you can, and then hold still, and then don't adjust unless you do. And if you do, then just notice the notice as much as you can what happens all the way around that adjustment. What happens just before you move your leg, and what happens after you've done that. So get the uh, the whole whole picture as it shows up. Don't jump ahead with analysis or presumptions or anticipations, elaborations, um, screenplays. Don't, don't jump ahead with anything. Just watch. If you're watching very simply what's coming and what's going, what you're producing, what you're receiving, what you're producing, chatter, 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 and what you're receiving. And see if you're actually receiving something or if as it comes in, you're adjusting it so that it is more palatable, palatable for you. Or because by just listening to what's happening, you don't know what it is. And the ego mind, the self-centered mind, the mind, the paranoid mind that wants this and doesn't want that, that mind can't stand to not know what's going on. Uh, this is the training facing the wall, shikantaza, wall gazing, whatever you call it. Sit down, hold still, and watch the way you keep objecting and adjusting everything. You may have to spend some time noticing that objection or that adjustment. You may have to spend some time looking at that. And I had to recommend that. So when I say don't adjust, uh, I'm not saying kind of impulsively try to stop anything from adjusting because that's also the other end of adjusting, trying to stop things. And I don't think it can be done without strong mind training, without actually watching the movement, without with as little commentary, a little interpretation and as little chatter around anything. I don't like it. It's good. I shouldn't like that. I should I shouldn't feel that way. I should feel no, that's not right. Yeah, that's not right. And the only way you can approach those situations is to watch the very subtle uh scrim or mind patterns from which that emerge uh, emerges because there's all kinds of thought processes that are happening in terms of very minute dots or particles or so it seems that we need to be open and receive as much as we can when we sit down to do sitting meditation, receive as much as you can and watch 
the the way in which you are shut down or the areas in which you're shut down. They may not be clearly marked. This is area C dash one two A, whatever. You may not have that kind of a hold on it, but it is not about accomplishing it. It's, it's just about the intention. It's always about the intention. The intention does not support itself. The intention usually looks for results and it has a stopwatch on it. Nothing happens. Nothing needs to happen. If you think something happens in the conventional sense, you have not looked very closely. And when I say don't believe a word I say, I'm saying I'm saying that so you can see that that I want you to see this yourself. I want you to see it. I'll help you by prodding you a little bit or pointing if you ask me, is it this, this, this? And I'll, I might say, not exactly. Even if you described it perfectly, you come up to me and describe reality. And I might may look at that and think, that's pretty close, but this person doesn't need a credential. You could say, I could say, we could say, anybody could say, well, why should I even talk to you then? You can't help me. You can't fundamentally confirm what it is I'm seeing or talking about. You need to get your own authority. My authority won't help you. I don't want, as I say over and over again, I don't want any followers. What do I want to do? I want to help you in such a way that you can see, uh, so you can live your life, so you can actually return to your basic, uh, basic nature, which has been showing up way before this body mind got here. We just tend to cover it up out of open fear. So don't adjust, don't adjust, but at the same time, just be aware that there's all kinds of basic adjustments that are happening all the time. So it is about observing those rather rather than stopping them or correcting them. Fundamentally, it seems that if you're just aware of what you're shutting down on, what you're opening up to, what you're side glancing to, or what that fundamentally that may need to run for a little longer. It may need to slow down. But if you do nothing but observe it, just receive, just see what's happening, receive it with no addition, no salt and pepper, no flavors. This doesn't mean that if flavors show up in your life, some kind of intense entertainment or quality or really interesting situation or really scary situation that's full of flavors, maybe bad ones, that you shouldn't receive them. You should. But how do you practice doing that? You practice receiving just flat, bland wall space. Just receive. In this way, when you find yourself facing a situation that is freaking out or is frightening or is challenging or is or is uh, scary, then there is more of a likelihood that you will receive that as it is. You'll see it as it's dependently arisen. In other words, and in the same words, you'll see it as, the only word that comes up is, is the patterning. You'll see the patterning of not only your own mind, but of that which appears to show up as something else. And at some point or points, or maybe it isn't even a point, maybe it's just a pile of frogs. But at some point, those come together and you that it is not two. And, and if you do nothing with it, it'll go away. If you do something with it, it'll go away. It goes away. Everything goes away. Nothing lasts. Everything is impermanent and without a self and is in a constant state of suffering or discontent. This is not negative. This is not it's not negative. We need to talk. You need to look at this. Some spiritual paths, different ones talk about everything gets better. You get away from the bad stuff. Not in this one. Is that pessimism? Only if you think it is. Is it, what's that other opposite of pessimism? Optimism. What? Optimism. How do you spell that? Look it up. Opti, does that have to do with vision? I was thinking of the octopus. <laughs> That's the one with all the snakes coming out of its body. 
familiar with those. Where was I? You were talking about Activision. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to frighten me with that. So one more thing. So where the where the difficulty comes is when we continue, we divide. It's so simple. We do it. We do it in our mind in just in a little tiny split second. We divide. We separate ourselves from this incredible reality that has been handed on us, this precious human birth that you did not ask for. At least you don't remember it, probably. If you know all this, you won't be here. If you're in this room, then we're in the same boat. And for a few more minutes, I got the oars. But we divide. We, we separate it out, and it's, uh, it, is, it is unnecessary. You'll only separate things that you already know are one thing. Go ahead, you know. Um, you said um, get your own authority. Your teacher said that. What what's the purpose of authority? Authority is a is a, a concept that says that somebody's in charge of something else. And yes, so why did he say that? He said that so that you can see what that actually is. There isn't any authority. But if you look for the authority, you, you won't find any solid. There's no solid center there. Are you an authority for Soka Kodi? Well, if it's necessary, I'll be an authority. When I say necessary, if things are moving and coming and going and coming and going, if that's necessary, then I'll also wash windows. I mean, it's more likely I'll just ask Shoto to do it. <laughs> but if Shoto has his hands caught in a bear trap, then we'll just do it without Clean windows. <laughs> I'll get out of it somehow. <laughs> so what, what am I saying? I'm saying we need to look and see, is there a source for anything that happens? Is there someone who knows and you don't know? Is there somebody who knows what to do next? Look, Do it with your awareness rather than with a bunch of, we have precepts, but those are just like uh, uh, Yoshin received precepts, uh, Jukai today. Those are to be observed. Now, those are not things to obey. Even the one that says, no killing. You can't help but kill things. Dependent origination is uh, are, are, is, is the dharma. And you have to, if you're going to live, you're going to take life of some of some sort. And to separate and say some lives are worth more than others, and somehow justify the way in which you eat living beings, be relatively correct in some ways, but ultimate truth, Buddha nature won't is not interested in uh, how many buttons are on your coat. It's not even interested. At the same time, it doesn't miss it. it. Sees every single stitch in that coat, every single button, every single thread, but doesn't abandon for what arises for what it means. That's where the confusion comes in. And one of the reasons we do that is because there's something that is scary about not knowing what this is or not knowing who's in charge or who's, who's right or who's correct. This is why they created 16-foot golden Buddhas. You got to draw the, that ego mind in somehow. That's one way of doing it. If you re read the, all these flowery sutras and so on, that's one way of, especially in ancient times, of magnetizing people into a path of uh, liberation. Might not happen in this, in this uh, lifetime, but it will continue to grow until one actually steps on the path, the actual path. What is the actual path? No path. Once you step on it. But before you step on it, then there's a path. Sparkling stuff. What was your Dharma name again? Sparkling stuff? No. Bright water. Huh? Bright water. Bright water. Yeah. How does blandness clarify flavor? How does what? Blandness clarify flavor. Did I say that? I think you said you have to experience the bland. To mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. 
So by, by looking at the substrate of anything, by looking at the basic, you know, blank canvas, so to speak, nobody's, no, nothing's going on. So then when something does show up in that, where you're, where you're just receiving, you're not producing anything. You're not producing the blank wall. You're not producing anything. You may be watching my, uh, the mind stream come and go or rise and fall, but by emphasizing the space in which the, the, the movement occurs, that it's not a, it's not a result. It's not a conclusion, uh, but it's some kind of quality or dynamic that's happening in, happening in consciousness so that when you get up and go about your daily life and interact with the, uh, the person at uh, Walgreens or your family or your, or your pets or whatever, or yourself as you're uh, mowing on or something, you won't be necessarily seduced into something else. You'll be with whatever is occurring and you'll stop refusing uh, to acknowledge the, the truth. And what is the truth? You are separate from any. One time my teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, was asked, probably can't quote this, but I can come close enough. Uh, someone was scolding him for eating, I think at that time he was eating animal organs or something like that. No, he was eating McDonald's. Uh, bad, you know, bad food that everybody loves to eat. And and they were blaming him. You've heard me say this before, probably. Rinpoche, why do you, why do you, don't you realize that you're, you know, this is bad for your body or something like that? And he said, the whole world is my body. So pretty hard to respond to that unless you want to say, no, it's not. I think you're confused. <clears throat> Earlier, you um, were talking about Buddha nature, and you said it sees how many buttons are on the coat or something. So regarding Buddha nature, what is it that sees? It's just seeing. Seeing sees. There's no, no individual that is seeing. Right now, um, buddy who sees something else just because there's eyes here and eyes over there and there's eyes and ears toes uh, toes <laughs> yeah. I usually leave that out but lately I've been thinking about toes is that help then ask me another question I mean easier one less abstract what is the it that's not a self it's a lie it's a contraction into separation based on fear and on hope, and, and you can't find, you can't see it because it's a, uh, it's like looking at a mask and thinking that's that that's somebody. Uh, when you see it, you don't you don't need to check with your neighbor, or with your spouse, or with your uh, with or with your dog or any. You know that that's unreal. So that's why that's how you get your own authority. You see, there isn't one. There's no authority separates things out. It doesn't mean that there isn't a time when somebody needs to be. Put in, you know, put in charge of the chain gang. Or it's the best you can do. <laughs> Go ahead. Haven't you got a more embarrassing question? Okay. Earlier, um, you said that the actual path is no path. What is no path? Uh, it's, it's fruition. There isn't anything to do. There isn't anyone. So you might still do things, but there's, there's no one doing any. There's no one, no individual doing things. There's body-mind complexes everywhere. You can abstractly, you can think about that and you could even teach that, which some of the teachings we do actually teach the structures around that to help to get you to get to a highly sophisticated form of uh, emptiness, emptiness of self. And you can be, you can be talked into it. But if there's no path, there's also, uh, it includes the whole thing. 
because it doesn't doesn't actually include it. It's it's not separate from it. So therefore, it doesn't need to include. So there is there. So therefore, the seeing of that is still in contrast to there being a path. So there's still. A, you want more? And then ask me more. I'll wait. No. Sometimes you say that there's no contrast. So how can there be contrast if there isn't any? Comes and goes. If you still see the the first thing that goes is the right and wrong, the heavy the heavy overload of contrast. This is wrong, and this over. This is really great. We're being so successful. Everything is wonderful. I just can't believe that I'm so happy. Or the other one is, you know, the other, the next day it's oh my god, everything was so going so good, and then then I lost the lottery. <laughs> so that's a big contrast. But then eventually we begin to see just the, the texture contrast, more impersonal, more and more impersonal as we go on. We begin to see that that other people are really uh, enamored or in love with certain kinds of things and really upset or hate other kinds of things. And you notice that you understand that because you're looking at it, but you also don't agree or disagree. You just you just see it or hear it, smell it, taste it, touch it, think it. But you're but there's less. It's a it's a. It's gradual and it's instantaneous, and I don't know how else to say it. But, but there's a kind of suspicion that there isn't anyone looking at all this, even though everything is there, and we haven't actually seen no self. And then one of the reasons we haven't seen no self is our preconceptions about what it would be like to see no self are filled with all kinds of preconceptions about no self, and they they are the substitutions for actually seeing no self. If you see no self, it's not an experience. If you think it's an experience, it will fade. People who have what's the traditional one in Japanese, Kensho, insight into your true nature. If you have that, I'm not saying it isn't valuable. It might keep you on the cushion for a few more years, but it's not uh, It's not fruition. Do the preconceptions cease when someone sees the truth? Not necessarily. They want to live too. So they may, they may show up. They may hang around. They may nudge you in the middle of your nap. But there's no one, there's no preconceptor anymore there's no there's no one there to receive that no no one there to shut out and no one there to disagree or argue or distract from it there's no individual anymore so the situation may still come and go and it probably will because most of the world is tied in knots over that trying to look at all the wars look at all the horrible suffering that we the whole world turn on the news for 20 minutes it's difficult and there's nothing my understanding is there's nothing we can do directly to fix that. Even the people who are ahead of the countries are still like, you know, children in a toy box somewhere fighting. So if you want to, if you want to help the world, liberate yourself. So, so there's so you're not, uh, you're not hooked on anything, you're not addicted to being a somebody who's going somewhere. Like there's Arya Kemma. Arya Kemma wrote a book called being nobody, no going nowhere. I think it was, I gave that to a, meditation student of mine probably 30 years ago or more and she took it and she was very interested in meditation and uh, she came back uh, one day when no one was there and left the book in a bag and left a note in there said thank you very much for the book uh it was very interesting but i think i want to be somebody going somewhere and i thought she understood that book she just didn't want to have a teacher at that time because she had a strong conclusion about i don't want to do that i don't want to so the downside is she didn't really see what was pointed at, but on the other, from the other point of view, she really did, and she wanted to get out of there. Whereas, uh, uh, you know, 
know, Sheen's too late. He's already, <laughs> he's already signed on the dotted line. <laughs> and so now he's uh, kind of in for it. What is he in for? I don't know. Further questions are good if you have them. Look at your own authority. If there's no self or nothing separate, then what is your own authority? There isn't any authority. But by by doing that, the other authority out there is very magnetic. We're trying to look for who knows, who's right, who's wrong, who to follow. If somebody, if you're following somebody and they're trying to get you to follow them, this is a this is personally a charlatan, to put it very bluntly. And I don't care what area it is, a spiritual path especially, but any path that is not about liberating your, even if someone is a psychologist teaching other psychologists, if they're just trying to get them to follow them instead of liberate their mind so they can see clearly what psychology is, what tarot cards are, what astrology is, what U.S. history is, what politics, anything, how to cook uh, croissants. You, know, you don't want to get people to ju just follow what you do. That's about manipulation control and having students. You don't need it. You don't really need anything. Does authority come out of our preconceptions? Yeah. That there's somebody who knows something we don't or somebody who's in control. And it's not that the whole world isn't just full of structures that are about control and control. It's everywhere. We're, we're overloaded on it all the time. And it's, it's so easy to just assume that me, even in order to, uh, in order to protect that, because it is an illusion. That's why they need to protect it. Uh, we have what uniforms. I know I wore a Marine uniform for four years. And I was I was convinced that that was something I should be doing. I don't like it because it's not fun being under somebody's thumb all the time. But it's uh, the, well, the the ribbons and the medals and the you know I hear people talk about thank you. Uh, people sometimes say to me, "Oh, thank you for your service." I said, "Would you like to thank my dad for his service?" He didn't want to go in, and he was made to go and died in March 16, 1945. I'm not going to – I'm saying that to you because it's part of this talk, but he didn't want to go. I, I never knew him particularly, but it's – you know, you have to really look at the whole situation. This doesn't mean that I'm, we're going to go the other way and saying Der Fuhrer didn't, didn't need to be stopped. Of course he did. No authority. Uh, at the same time, when you see there's no authority, even that – that d dissolves into into not really a conclusion about it. You're actually there's even less of a, of a understanding of it uh, then. There, there's no you can't even say no authority. The whole idea of authority, no authority. That's what my understanding is that that is what Coben was pointing at, and because that's uh, that's the way I understand it. Maybe he meant something else, but I use that teaching as I understand it. It's a pretty good one. Further questions? Thank you. How can you tell when someone doesn't need a credential? What's your context? Earlier you said if someone were to come to you and describe reality, even if it was relatively accurate, you might not um, give them a pat on the back because you could see that they didn't need a credential. I think uh, I don't know how to say it as a some kind of concept or response, but uh, nothing is fundamentally separate. So that's so that's already the case. If someone comes to me, uh, then they don't know. They don't. They haven't seen it yet. Can you tell when someone needs a credential? Most people need some kind of credential. I need one, or I can't do this. I've tried doing this naked. Do you remember this? <laughs> you guys had bad memories. <clears throat> no, I'm saying, you know, we we have. I have my thing. We have our thing here that helps us focus on this path. But these are empty of what we think about them. 
There, there's no, there is no, uh, Buddhism is empty of our preconceptions about it. That's why it's such a powerful spiritual path, because it gets you, gets right a hold of your spirit, uh, even though it's undiscoverable, unfindable, and has no, what's the fancy way of saying it? No ontological status, not a thing, has no status. Yes. Is there a difference in the relative situation like if someone were to be given a lot of credentials or if someone had all their credentials taken away, is one of those more likely to see the fundamental? Yeah, that's a good, it would depend on if there, if, is there a teacher involved and a student involved? I mean, is there, is there that kind of a setup? Teacher person, student person. Is, if there's a setup like that, which it is a setup, but if there is that kind of a setup, then there's a possibility that the, if the student does not understand and the teacher understands understanding, if the teacher understands understanding, then there's a possibility that the student can learn more. So is the understanding about the nature of understanding? Mm-hmm. What is that understanding? You see, any other questions? Yuzan. How do we function if no one knows what to do? <laughs> That's the only way you can really function. If you're functioning any other way, you're headed for trouble. Not next week or next month or next year, Maybe not even in this life, but if you're functioning out of relative knowledge, it, it has to destroy itself. The very nature of relative truth is that anything that shows up goes down. And if you're attached to anything, which we're bound to be, then it's going up and down. But the, the wisdom, wisdom mind doesn't care what happens. It's not dismissive. It's not ignoring, but it has no, it has no, what's that? No, uh, no dog in the show. It's that one of them. Or pony in the race, or turtle in the soup. One of those. <laughs> turtle in the soup, I think. It's <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it's not that it doesn't see the contrast. It doesn't. Not that it doesn't see the buttons on the shirt, but it, it has no. It doesn't impute any kind of value. The value is ultimate. All everything is sixteen foot golden Buddha. If you need an image, everything is totally valuable. Trungpa Rinpoche called it sacred, sacred world. Everything is sacred. There's no contrast. There's no sacred and profane. There's just sacred. There's a the simple way of putting it was uh, everything is basically good and, and not threatened. Realize that and the warfare is over and you won't care whether you live or die. I mean, you're not going to be voluntarily go and prove that to somebody. That would be a, a kind of a quite a jolt of arrogance there. But you're not concerned. If you're, What are you concerned with? Just receive. Be generous with your attention. Give everything your attention. Realize what this is before this body-mind goes back into the elements or is uh, torn away from this path through causes and conditions that are your karma that are about to arise in your life three weeks from now. Your, your karma arose in such a way that you're here, here you're here, and I'm, a, I'm here, and I have something to say. And uh, simply put, uh, I can say, don't add. Don't do any more math unless it's foisted upon you by your karma. Whatever is showing up is exactly what you need to, you know, need to need to see. Don't adjust. Don't adjust. We'll take whatever is arising. The, in the tradition of uh, in the Atisha Seven Points Points of Mind Training, and you can find these teachings everywhere. This is, you know, I just ripped off a bunch of teachers, stole their stuff. But as Picasso said, I wanted to be really great, so I listened to him. Um, great. Um, oh yeah, uh, half-assed. I think he said half-assed. Probably said it in French. Artists steal. No, half-assed artists borrow, but great artists steal. So I'm going to steal one from Atisha's seven points of my training, which is don't switch the, don't uh, shift the cow's load to the ox. 
just don't do it. Just whatever occurs, that's it. It's not wrong, not bad, not good. And the practice part of it would be noticing how you don't like that. Something shows up that is part of your life, like you suddenly see you've got a bad case of hair loss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, then you, you take an interest in that. You could even take an interest in, uh, in getting very sick. You could get, take an interest in, in what's happening rather than constantly looking at how to correct, how to correct, how to fix, how to change, how to make an adjustment so that you won't have stomach flu. <clears throat> and it's not that you shouldn't. We're not talking about being uh, some kind of a, what we call those zombies. No, we're not talking about not being, but what, what are we talking about? What am I talking about? I'm saying, watch how you adjust. And you will continue to adjust some things. But what you will, if you see really clearly what the adjustment is and see it and see that there's uh, no adjuster, the adjustment comes out of causes and conditions. You could call it karma. You could call it your life. You could call it your uh, uh, when you were a slave in Morocco in the 13th century, because you probably were. That's where I met you. Am I kidding? Somewhat. But if you're in this room, we met a long time ago. How do I know that? Here it comes. I don't know. That's how I know. If I knew that, then it would just be relative information. And relative information goes, you know, you know what it's like. I've mentioned that before, you know, how difficult relatives are. Even the ones that agree with you, difficult. You know about those. You've got a lot of relatives. <laughs> See, it's a whole house full of relatives down in Fort Wayne. Yeah. Further questions? When you say adjust, what do you mean by adjust? Adjust? You see something, uh, and I say, and be with the negativity there that would that say, and before you started your awareness practice, where you would you'd immediately try to either look up a way to f talk to somebody or move it from here to there. Or uh, and it's not that you shouldn't have. I really want that. I don't want that. I'm not talking about changing how you feel about it. You should respect how you feel. However you feel, be your, be genuine. Be yourself. You don't miss your don't miss the part of your life that is uh, distasteful or difficult by covering it up with ideas or covering up with meditation, spiritual materialism. Don't do it. It might be difficult to see that unless you have a teacher, unless you have a, a, a someone who is a stand in for the Buddha, uh, a teacher and teaching the Dharma with a Sangha or community. Uh, those three seem to probably can be done without that, but much harder to do more. Is meddling adjustment? Or not adjustment. The way I use meddling is something is happening that is that we're kind of drawn into it because we think we know what should be happening, or we're drawn into it because we, you know, we want to change, or or there might be the idea that we want to we want to help somebody. You say, I see what's wrong. Here, this is what you need to do. Here, <clears throat> take two of these and call me tomorrow. You know, those kind of meddling. But I say don't don't do that unless you have to. Now, even. When I say don't adjust, I'm not saying if something comes up, but don't fall into some kind of a, a fixation of I can't adjust anything. It's more about being aware of the way we move or adjust so that we can see, we can get to know ourselves better. We get to understand how we kind of refuse to have the emotions and feelings that we are, that are just spontaneously coming up, that are, are con coming out of causes and conditions that, that look distant or like we didn't create them. Like just like a child looking at his or her uh, father or or uncle or brother 
we didn't, we didn't directly didn't create them, but on the other hand, we're beginning to recreate them as we interact, we begin to recreate the world. Further questions? Yes, Oscar. Is uh, liberation also impermanent? At least that's how I understood what you said previously. Is elimination? Liberation. Oh, liberation also what? Impermanent. Yes. Yeah, liberation is impermanent. It's the word that points to something. So it can't last. Nothing lasts. Good. Keep coming. <laughs> so the realization of liberation also impermanent. Impermanent. You can't find anything that's permanent. What does it morph to? If it morphs, then it's uh, uh, it morphs back into uh, into the void, and then it shows back up again. So it comes and goes. Anything that look anything that looks like something, even the slightest little feeling that you might have some kind of insight, uh, is uh, it, it comes and goes. If it's if it's puffed up as an insight, then it's going to puff down as a uh, lack of insight. But that which sees that uh, doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't appear. It doesn't disappear. It, it, it has no, as I said, the fancy word, it has no status as something. So therefore, it's, um, so therefore you can't, there's no way you can be liberated because it, it, it implies, it, it means that something has happened and now you, you see this. And now you're kind of got it, kind of, kind of see what liberation is now. Now maybe, maybe you should be a Dharma teacher. Go further into that if you want to. Okay. Shodo. Is the ego what's being affected during our practice? Is the ego what's being affected? Somewhat. It's uh, as I sometimes ta- use the image of a metaphor for elimination diet for ego is meditation. Meditation is something we do that is not comfortable. If it's comfortable when you meditate, then you're probably not meditating. You're probably contemplating something that's pleasant or enjoyable or, you know, listening to sounds or something and again not wrong maybe maybe we need to do some of that so that we can have so that we can stay here and we continue to practice sometimes we need uh, mantras or sometimes we need um, um, uh, visualizations and uh, visualizing our body as a deity yoga visualizing sometimes we need that kind of work I don't think everyone does I think most of my understanding is you can just sit down and you can do you can do this yourself just by looking at it more how does working with what arises like through the ego help us to see what doesn't arise just repetition you repeat it until it doesn't repeat and the ego will jump to a conclusion about that that i'm not enlightened or i I can't get i can't get i can't get enlightened tried i'm going to go join the rosicrucians or the seventh day adventist you know i'm saying if we just keep looking for something else something else what you're looking for you're looking at simply put it just, you won't recognize it unless you spend a lot of time looking at it. This this person that's sitting here, you're looking at is hearing this at the same time you're hearing it. This doesn't mean I'm downloading it from the Dharmakaya. It's just uh, an old man talking. So what is it that makes it to where, like, when I know I'm going to say something, I can kind of watch it come from before it's being said into speech? What was the question about it? You're saying that you're hearing what you're saying as you're saying it. Yes. Are you saying you're doing the same thing? The opposite. It seems like where I can kind of watch this thought train come up and then I start saying this thing that was in my head. It seems to be what creates that illusion that I can... You think you have a head? I mean, that's a simple response to it. I'm not I'm not trying to be funny. Oh, I know that's hilarious. 
really we, we think we we impute a whole structure so that that can have some kind of status or have some kind of reality to it. And then we try to get away uh, get away from it or try to build it up or convert it into something more helpful or more pleasant. More <clears throat> questions, please. All yeah. What is it that wakes up or someone who wakes up that doesn't go back? If you actually awaken, there's, there's no reverse because you didn't go anywhere. You just saw what this what this what this fundamentally is. You're no longer covering up uh, reality. So but it, go you're not separate from the whole confused state of things. How can that um, not separateness lead into that so it covers it up again? Paraphrase what you asked me. If everything is dependently arisen and there's an awakening or seeing what this is, but it's still not separate, so how come that consciousness can't get covered up? Like, on a, go back to sleep. If it, didn't, if it didn't really awaken, then there wasn't a, a complete understanding or seeing through the sense fields, which are unreal when I mean, they're coming and they're going. But if, if, they're, if this was not seen for what it is, then there could be a return to that. So how come if not every being, how can some beings be awake and some not be awake if you can't reverse that? What? How can there be a separate being that means that... Like maintains the awakening. There isn't a separate being. I don't see separate beings. It looks pretty funny to see people who think they're somebody. If liberation is impermanent, the way you answered Bosco's question, then how can there be awakening? <clears throat> That's how how there can be awakening. Ask Bosco. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What is complete awakening then? There isn't anything else. You don't see anything else. You don't see awakening. You don't see unawakening. You don't see anything else. More. So why do we use the word liberation? We need to have. We need to say something about it. We need to say. We need to. If, if you understand this or see this, then and people uh, give you permission to help them. In other words, you're not you're not interfering because they get, give you permission. But you have to meet them where they're at. You can't turn them into some kind of special student that always obeys you and does things just your way. No matter how they do it. No matter how they do it. If they're a student of yours. And they'll let you know maybe in different ways. One person sends me a banana cream pie every five years. So I know they're a student. I'm being silly, but I'm just saying you have to meet. You do it with your own mind. You sit down, hold still for hours on end. As you know, you slowly make friends with yourself with all the negativity that's been uh, dumped into you by your karma that you keep fighting with or accepting or rejecting. Not just you, but anyone, me. This, This is how I... That's what I've had to look at myself. You've got more. Come on. Yes, you do. Which precept is that? Porting the Dharma. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to use that one. Have <laughs> <laughs> I used that before? Onion bunny? Shoto. Is suffering when we think there's an alternative situation that we could be doing? Yeah. We think there's something else. And you can't, the elseness it keeps showing up and showing up until, and you just have to be ruthless about it. You have to, you have to, you have to want, uh, a, you want a direct perception of what this is. You want to know, not my opinion, not my ideas, but my teaching is no good if you have to just believe what I say or follow me somewhere. I'm not going anywhere. But on the other hand, you might need someone to point. It's like Trump Rinpoche when somebody said to him, 
you, if you do this yourself, why do you need anybody else? And he said, his way of talking about a teacher is, it was very interesting. When I first heard it, I rolling that around my mind, how can that possibly be meaningful? It was, he said, you need to have somebody watch you do it, watch you awaken. And I understand that. How do I understand it? I don't have any idea. Uh, from San Ho in Oklahoma. You've said you aren't a pacifist. What's the difference between passivity and just receiving? Well, pa pacifism is a, is a term, and we'd have to get into meanings. I'm just saying I don't take a position on, you know, I look at positions, and I might, if I see a position rise up, I also don't take a position on not taking any positions. So it may, a position may show up, and it may back off, and I just kind of enjoy the weather. And so, like it says, in a, you know, you observe the precepts. You may have to kill somebody. You may have to lie. You observe those. So you're very, very ethically or very clear about what you're doing. If you if you are lying, you know what you're doing. And you and you and you have a, an understanding with dependent origination or however you want to. It's not justifying it. It may be a maybe you had to lie and you maybe may, may haunt you a little bit. Probably not a bad thing. So but as far as being a pacifist, um so human being something. I say don't, don't go to war, don't go to peace. Don't don't choose anything. But because of our karma is arising and falling, and sometimes our hair falls out, uh, you know, we didn't say, hmm, yeah, I'd like to keep my hair in. Have you ever noticed how it's, how difficult it is to control hair? You know, she knows. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm saying we, we don't have a lot of say-so about much of anything. We, we, we got somehow dumped here. I'm sure Rumi's still um, ruminating about that. I remember the first six months he was alive. He was kind of irritated because he was here. Did you notice that about him? But first he was like, I don't like it here. I want to go back to the heaven realm where he came from when he was an angel. So upset, accepting, rejecting, looking away, shutting down, opening up, all that stuff is just, you might have to watch yourself do a lot of that before the awareness starts to, you could say, just a relative way of saying it, starts to break away from its uh, addiction to the thought patterns and starts to, you could say, just a way of talking about it, just starts to leave that and break away. So you're starting to lead your life with your awareness and not with a bunch of ideas, conjectures, opinions. It's not that those aren't there. They're more readily available. It's like, uh, uh, and they're not particularly biodegradable, but they're ready to come up and help you if you, come into something like you run into a brick wall you know you've got all the your past karma to go out and say it's brick it's hard you can't walk through it you got it big bruise on your head so relative truth is but it 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 is uh, you could say secondary to awareness awareness needs to be out there in front to continue to use relative metaphors for it at some point or something maybe there's not a point at all maybe you need to understand it as points maybe you don't uh, the more you can go beyond the points that anything is pointing at and see the space in which it occurs. Because one thing about space is not separate from anything. I mean, it, just because the space inside a house and the space outside in the yard uh, are separated by a bunch of walls, still the same thing. Space. It's space. And space, just to make everything a little bit more confusing, confusing is space. And that which arises in the space are not separate from each other. It's, it's quite a quite a collaboration. It's called cooperation. This this the phenomena arising in space. Isn't that you?
You've said that awakening is not an experience. It can have experiential qualities. I did. Do the qualities come and go? Yes. Yeah, the very, the very, uh, the quality no longer re- reinforces anything. It doesn't reinforce, oh, I'm having a quality of mystical insight with my relationship to the Godhead, or, or I'm feeling the Buddha in my heart. You may, but it's just a quality you come and go. You may, that may tag around with you for a few years, or the feeling of being blissed out, that could happen. Not interested. I'm, I'm not saying you don't experience it, but the, 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 the stickiness is not there. Where is the stickiness? The vow to be with all things. That's a strong relative thing, and that's why this vow is so important. How you do that is your business, not mine. How you do it. And you'll notice, I'm sure those of you have noticed, that it's very different for everyone. There's no right and wrong. More, since you? Yes, Bhaskar? Is uh, leading with awareness a form of production? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so, yes, there's not, there's always going to be any time we're doing anything, like endeavoring to to see what's moving, to receive. So there's all kinds of uh, uh, nuances and qualities that are shifting around and everything. But, you know, they're doing it in concert with each other rather than somebody's there trying to get this to move this way, trying to be nicer, trying to be more peaceful, trying to, trying to, trying to, trying to. And so just the, the an intention to just see clearly uh, there, there may be some production going on. There may be some encouraging of the awareness. Like when we say down, sit down, face the wall, there's an encouragement to just receive whatever's coming through the sixth sense fields, just receive with no comment. But that process may involve a few years of constantly watching all kinds of comments come. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. This shouldn't be happening. Why am I feeling like this? And I would say just, uh, <clears throat> trust your body, mindfulness of body. Just trust the. When I say trust it, don't believe it, but just sit down, hold still. And the Buddha did what he could, uh, and the teachings of the Buddha, the Sparsha Mudra, earth touching, when he was uh, threatened or challenged or made fun of by the daughters of Mara or illusion. Um, what proof do you have? And he said, touch, do you see lots of images of the Buddha, one arms down, like so, touching the earth, Sparsha, touching. This earth is my witness. This is uh, this. In other words, this this situation is is my uh, authority. I mean, but he was talking to aspects of his mind that were challenging. He was trying to his mind is trying to eat, trying to eat him alive as someone who has failed. And you have to go. Everyone here, if you attain an awake, awakening, which is a relative way of saying it, you're going to have to go through some failure and not don't fight with it because the polarity of success and failure are unreal. But they sure seem real when failure comes and death comes without warning or when sickness comes, sickness, aging and death. seems real. seems like, shouldn't I do something about this? You brought up what Trungpa Rinpoche said about um, you need someone to watch you do it. But then in that Sparsha Mudra, it sounds like he's not looking for a witness of that. So I'm wondering, I'm not sure how to ask it, but... Go ahead and ask. Why do you have to have someone watch you do something that... You have to witness yourself. Because you're not the Buddha. He had two teachers. Uh, I mean, as far as we know, we can't be sure what happened back there. a long time ago. Keep going. I haven't really answered your question. Is the Sparsha Mudra something that we can relate to? I don't know. How's it going? Does it seem confusing? Yes or no? You're relating to it. That's how it looks. It doesn't look like a success story. What is that? What? what? 
Well, look at the image of the Buddha. What is it? Is it Medicine Buddha that touches the ground, or are there several Buddhas I think they do? That's Shakyamuni touches yeah. the ground. Yeah. But doesn't the Medicine Buddha do that too? Medicine. Is it shocking when you have a medicine? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, <laughs> give me a break. So looking at, when you look at that image, what is that? You look at that, then just continue to look at the confusion that arises, that, that, that triggers the confusion. Look at the confusion. Don't look away from that for some kind of, what does that mean? What you've done by saying, uh, the way you ask the question tells me, you're locked into an orbit called concepts, right and wrong, up and down, success and failure. I got it. I don't have it. And it's not that that, not that, that is wrong, but it gets gives me um, and makes me your, your fault. Um, makes me want to tell you stuff that make it hard for you. Why do we look for the teacher to validate our experience? Oh, we want somebody to help us. As long as there's separation, we and you should. That's what the whole teacher-student thing is about. We do that until, until it just uh, we we see what it is. I I wanted my both of them to validate me. Oh, it was hard. <laughs> Neither one of them did. The last one wouldn't even talk to me. I mean, of course, I, I maybe if I groveled or crawled on the floor, please. But I had too much pride to do that. How did your teachers watch you awaken if they passed away? They saw that I was already awake. Just like I see that you're already awake. Bingo. Stop refusing. And how do you do that? You watch the way you keep shutting it out. You shut it out. We shut it out. I shut it out. <laughs> was that answer clear? You notice how long it took me to think that up? Same question. Can you see how we shut it out? That's, that's how you do it. You actually begin to see the way you're blocking things. That's called the provisional teachings. You have to, and everyone is going to have to do that a little bit more. Some, some are going to have to push on it for a long time. Some, that will start to break down immediately because the causes and conditions that brought everyone here into this room are quite diverse and have, are uneven. The, the weights of everything, the causes and conditions are just very, very complicated. They're innumerable. So that's why, uh, just, yes. The way you talked about how the things that appear in the space and the space itself aren't separate. It seems like the way we shut things out is things arising in the space. Is, is that correct? It is. So how could we ever not cover it up? When there's nobody there, then it won't matter if it's covered up or not. And then you're no longer separate from a palm tree in Brazil. You're no longer uh, separate from anything. But space means nothing. Time means nothing. It's not a philosophical conclusion. It is real, and you see it, and you are completely unthreatened by anything. There isn't anyone, so you can't be threatened by anything. Joey from Oklahoma wants to know, what does awake mean? Not asleep. So this is asleep. All right, what do you guys want to do? Joey probably won't get that one. <laughs> Joey, I covered up my face so that you couldn't see me. <laughs> I'm sure he gets the humor in that. <laughs> Can anything be covered up? Pardon? Can anything be covered up? Yes, until it's not. The fundamental nature of samsara is uh, is just covered up and uncovered. Covered. It's, it's the contrast between night and day, up and down, back and forth, light and dark, Buddhas and sentient beings, life and death. Um, this is a bunch of whole bunch of exotic this and that everywhere. But from the relative 
situation. It, that's how we describe it from the ultimate, if you want to call it an ultimate situation, uh, there isn't anything. So therefore, nothing can be covered up. There isn't anything else. The elseness is gone. Uh, third turning teachings, uh, there's different ways of talking about all this, and I'm not a scholar particularly, uh, not even uh, not even unparticularly, but there isn't anything else. Sure. When we think we're covering something up, is that because we're imputing something behind what we're seeing? It could be. It'd be if, you, if you have a thought that you're shutting something out, it could be, it could show up all kinds of ways. The, the karma, the causes and conditions that arise, and and resonate with a certain kind of uh, dynamic that you have or, or or more with you than less with somebody else. Some people are very emotionally and intuitively based and some people are don't have a lot of that, but they have a whole lot of conceptual functioning happening there or, or a whole lot of control modalities that, that are showing up. So it would be different for each person. This is why it's so important to, um, to uh, separate yourself from everybody you know, our body, or this is where it's happening at as far as a, a body, speech, mind. Sit down, do nothing except receive. Just give everything your attention. If you hold very still and give everything your attention, the first thing you'll see, and it might take weeks, might take years, but you'll probably start 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 seeing the way in which you object to things and you agree with other things. You'll see the very duality that you are addicted to, basically. And the addiction comes from wanting to be somebody. Sometimes that addiction is so powerful that you're willing to actually take your own life to prove that you are somebody, to prove there is somebody here. And I'll show me, I'll end, end me. Probably won't happen because it's um, not your property. It's uh, relatively speaking, it's just on loan. I'm not, I'm not against all the other approaches to suicide, working with suicide. People should do whatever they need to do, but it might be a good idea to just um, go for the mistaken identity part of it, that there, you think there's somebody to kill. So you don't have to get rid of the negative, bad, horrible feelings. Uh, you don't have to get rid of anything, and you don't have to include anything. But what do you have to do? Well, listening to me, then I think you should see it yourself. Train your mind. One more question, if there's one out there. So with your awareness instead of the thinking process, what is your, what is awareness? It's just a the name that just a, refers to that that aspect of the consciousness that is not uh, it has not uh, been absconded with by the sense fields or by the it's a, it's not it's not something it sucks up into an identity which is in the yoga charm tradition of course is called the seventh consciousness which is a fairly good model for what happens but there isn't anyone so when that happens then then who you are shows up not only in your own mind, but in anybody's mind. Shows up uh, across the room, shows up down the hall. You can move your awareness anywhere. So to meet with your awareness rather than the thinking process, is it? do we need to see that the distinction? I, I don't know about the need part, maybe. The, the distinction part is uh, always kind of fishy. But if you say lead with your awareness instead of the thinking process, I know you can't do that. But, but it's it's an interesting thing to know about. So that way, the awareness goes to the way we keep thinking about it. Really. So it's it's always about awareness. It's never about accomplishing. I lead with my awareness. How do I look? Probably pretty sneaky. <clears throat> so we we have to teach. 
have to teach in kind of a reverse way so that the awareness will will go into that area to look at the impossibility of doing that because there is no solid being. That's what your the Buddha's the the teachers that down through the centuries. This is why it happened in the Zen tradition in China and Japan. They they came up with you know koans and all kinds of ways to once you would see what this was, then you'd see that you'd see the way people are confused, and so you would uh, trick them into seeing where they were. Especially if they were meditating a lot, then they're trickable. But if, if they're not, if they're not working on trying to see what this is, see what this is, what is this? What in their different teaching styles? Rinzai is more um, masculine and martial, military kind of thing. Soto's a little softer. Some of them are so soft that you probably aren't going to obtain awakening. Might feel better. Thank you so much.